Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yep. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete. Um, gym owner and all around nice guy um, yeah and there's there's so much good information and good content there that and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah. can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing so yeah this is a great format you can do it on the go put it in your car listen to it it's a bit interactive so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that yeah it's a bit different um, you know but if you're listening to this obviously yeah um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk Awesome Dave, yeah, enjoy the episode and uh, we'll catch up with you soon Yeah, all the best Great to be back in uh, Evertrack HQ I know I was on the on the road last week but uh, Dave, you did well you, were, you you led from the front last week Yeah, I led for this week very little effort is going to be put in, you know, because of last week Is that what it's going to be? But, yeah, um, yeah no, it was, um, yeah, it was good yeah, because um, Iceland you were at Yeah, yeah Iceland, Iceland yeah, yeah, Iceland, yeah one day we'll do a Manine away. You should, that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'll probably go away a, a fair bit. Um, anyway, great to see uh, Jerome, Jim. Uh, we got Michael. Yeah, we got Angie. We got some great, great ever trackers on here this week. And yeah, so we were thinking, as always, about subjects. We haven't talked about boots for a while, which is, I mean, wow, right? We've talked about pretty much everything but this year. Pants. Yeah, we did. Big live on pants. We did one on pants for Valentine's Day, right? Very, yeah. very themed, very themed. Yeah, big line, big, uh, big live on pants, you know. Big live. Um, so today, we, we thought we'd go deep into boots. Um, and we're not talking about the chemist, uh, we're talking about actual boots. And we, I know, thought I'd drop it in. No, no, it's, it's, actually that joke was A class compared to the one that Jerome has just dropped in. How do you, how, how do you choose a pair of suitable boots? Very cathilly. I don't get it. Uh, I got it. Got it. Got it. Very I feel good. bad for Jerome because normally he's a lot better than that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it's great to see everyone on. Uh, we got Chris Pratesh as well. Um, we got Nicholas. Here we go. We got lots of Evertrackers on here. Um, great to see you booked in for EBC for October as well, Pratesh. Yeah. Well done. Um, right. Yeah. I, I suppose Mark has, has, has set us off on the, on the right track, talking about some boots we rarely talk about on this live. Uh, called Mandel Bhutans and mm. yeah I think the way we'll do it Dave I think because a lot of our trips um, you can get away with using the similar type of boot but there are certain mm-hmm. trips that you do need specific boots yeah or actually you might not actually use boots at all um, we do get some people that actually prefer because they're runners or they're trail runners or they just don't like boots yeah and they prefer trail runners and that, that that's another that, that could be would, a whole life I would say yeah if you like we always recommend boots somewhere because I think yeah. that yeah. they like there are limitations to wearing you know trail shoes and things like that. If you're yeah. just hiking on pretty well established 
you know routes yeah. and you're not going up any particular mountain peaks you're not going in any particularly cold temperatures then they are really good and certainly very light on the feet yeah. but um i do think there are limitations like you roll an ankle i think four times a walk so if you didn't wear boots sometimes exactly there's a reason why i wear my main you're the them. only person i know that's rolled an ankle so much that you've pulled an eyelet out of a, <laughs> out of a leather boot what was that was on um glenco a few years ago wasn't it yeah, yeah, geez, yeah. that was mad so was, yeah, i actually pulled one of the have you got boot? yeah give us the main there we, are we starting with mandles well just to demonstrate i yeah. mean this is uh we're clearly going ahead with it but yeah you can see the this eyelet here i roll my ankle so much it and it, it was a relatively new pair of boots it yanked that completely off yeah so um anyway we'll talk about that this is yeah. another pair is that mine or yours these are yours these are mine yeah <laughs> that's your pair yeah do with a bit of a waxing they can do with a bit of a waxing but we'll get to that we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. get to the waxing in a bit um yeah so we're talking about different types of boots um obviously we've got specifics yeah jerome with the old bingo it's been a while since people have uh playing bingo bry fast from his um what was it he did brecon was it brecon to cardiff yeah it was a brecon 5k i think he did and, um, I think it was just yeah, just just under five k. Yeah, just five? under five k. Yeah, I think he walked the second half of it as well. <laughs> so um, well done, Bry. I saw you. I saw your face on one of those pictures, and I thought, wow, you look in pain. Um, so good on you, mate. Good on you. And uh, yeah, nice to see you on as well. Um, yeah, great, uh, great to see some uh, Evertrekker legends out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with uh, I lost my thread now. What are we talking about then? About the boots specifically. Well, you, different you, types. Uh, we started on trail shoes, so trail it's shoes. It's always a good, a good so, place to start. So I have a pair here. These are, I, do you know, what? I've had these since 2015. And do you know what? As well, I've had them in my house for six months. I know. I left them there. <laughs> Why? I don't understand when I when they got left. But I was looking for them the other day. Anyway, so these are just yeah. a pair of like, they're not like trail running ones. They're and just, these are boots, even though we're talking about boots. No, these are like uh, I put like the fast springy lace on. Yeah. Um, but these are, um, I think they're North Face Hedgehog Lights. Yeah. The reason why I wear these is they're super comfortable. Yeah. They can, you can do a bit of trekking in them. There's some dread mark. These are pretty worn down. They were a lot more than that when uh, when I bought them. Well, Vibram, really good, aren't they? Yeah. So these, you know, any like forest and paths and stuff yeah. like that that I'm doing, I can wear these. I'll be honest with you, nine times out of ten, though, I just bring them in my bag as some casual footwear to wear. Okay. Um, so if it's not Crocs, it's these, pretty much, you know. And they're perfect. I mean, obviously, we're talking about boots, trail shoes. You know, you've got different levels of boots depending if you're doing any kind of the mountaineering stuff. We know a lot of ever trackers are taking on Merripeak, Island Peak, maybe Aconcagu, you know, a different ball game. Yeah. But if you're talking about during the day wearing them, you, you can also wear them sort of around camp, maybe on Killy. No, yeah, that's um, exactly. You yeah. know, around the villages in 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 the pool. You know, it, it always always definitely. Uh, is suitable for that anyway yeah but you do get people that just prefer those type of things you no know, yeah more stable on their feet well you know i've seen people trekking in way worse than this yeah. you know there's a, this is like a this is like a lower end one but you can get like quite yeah. expensive salamons okay um quite expensive um there's another set of scarpa do some yeah, really, good shoes. really good ones. so these these types of things can be like they're quite wide ranging yeah merrill you can get like runners on them you can run in certain ones that are more geared towards running like yep. the hocker oneones then you get ones that are more geared towards climbing which is probably the scarpers that are a lot stiffer yeah. this just sits in the last middle it, yeah last Sportivas again mm. they'd actually they cross the range between climbing and running these north face yeah. ones they're pretty much just a, like a trekking trainer basically yeah. if okay. you want something on your feet that's not um that kind of sits firmly in the middle 
it's really good. Also, it is mega waterproof. This one isn't because it's got holes in it. But um, and it's been in my house but for six where, months. And it's been in your house for six months. Yeah, I might, <laughs> on the uh, shoe store. I might. I might take these. Uh, Do you want them back? I might take them back. Yeah, because they've just been like gathering dust. Really. Yeah. Much. No. Yeah. I, I have no idea where I left them there. <laughs> However, so yeah, these are these are really good. A lot of people, you know, they do choose to trek in those. Uh, you know, my official advice is that there's no reason why you shouldn't be trekking in boots if you haven't yeah. got some sort of issue. Well, I suppose we're, well, whilst we're talking about that, then the reasons why, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit around rolling ankles. And I think when you're on a multi-day trip, you can get away with it sometimes on a day trek, right? But especially, you know, here in the UK, but on a, a multi-day trek, the last thing you want to do is, is have any ankle issues. Yeah. So I, I, our, our opinion really is, yeah, if you're on a trip with us, definitely get in with the, the boots. Yeah. Uh, trekking boots. So just so you have that ankle protection, because otherwise it's just one of those things that can go wrong. And if you can do something about it by just a certain pair of boots, then you, you've taken that risk almost 90% of the way. Obviously, people can roll an ankle with boots, but it's, it's very minimal because of the ankle support they're on there. Yeah. So, you know, one thing we always try and um, we, we aim to put in all of our equipment lists are, you know, bring trekking boots. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're going to get people like, no, 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 I, I just fancy when. Hey, you know, you're all adults. You can make your own decisions. But this is um, just our professional advice when it comes to, going on a high altitude yeah. trek so i think yeah. if we're moving up the slide in scale yeah, yeah. i'll start here with um a lighter boot another mandel another mandel but a lighter mandel yeah, this, this is, this is jen this right? is jen's hiking boot that she just used on um on Tupcal. Tupcal. Tupcal, yeah. i've got a similar version to this but i, I didn't bring it in because obviously i'm not prepared. i can smell the jeans on there yeah i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but these these are sort of so these are a lightweight trekking boot as yeah. you can see yeah. They are still quite flexible. Nice. Um, you know, you've got quite a big bend there. Um, they would, but you could get away with a sort of like B1 crampon yeah. on these. Yeah. Um, you probably wouldn't want to go any flexier than this boot. But this is a really good one. If you're doing something like, say, EDC, um, something like that, you know, Tupacal, it's pretty good. It's pretty waterproof, pretty lightweight. It's not heavy on the foot. Jen tells me that they were comfortable right out the box as well. Okay. This is actually as well for Mandel's comfort range. Yeah. Um, so they're not necessarily like a wide fit, although they do fit slightly <clears throat> wider than a normal foot. Yeah. A normal boot. Um, I've actually bought a set of the wide fit men's ones, but they're like space boots. Are these the ones that um, they got the blue, the blue coming down? Yeah. I've yeah. got those um, in, in the other room over there. But um, yeah, definitely. I, I know what you mean. They're a little bit. A little bit too much space yeah, for me. Only, I like to have, I don't mind the space so much, yeah. but I like the dexterity to be able to place my feet where I yeah. want. And when I feel like I've got moon boots, you know, it's a little bit it's like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, but these are really good. Just a bit of mud on the desk. A bit of Moroccan mud. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, actually, this is probably Kapili mud from Morgan. <laughs> I was going to say, she did. She was out there. Yeah, but these are a really good, um, a really, good, really good boot. I'm yeah. going to try and find the name of them, but I've forgotten what they are. Take, take a screenshot <laughs> of that. Is that giving a Google? Suit. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll um, I'll find out which, which ones they are because they they are yeah come highly recommended. Um, Jimba, uh, Jim Blues, seventeen days till Tupcal, mate. Not long at all. Good luck. I know you're enjoying it. Uh, Tupcal is a great trip. It's one of my favourites actually. It's certainly physically one of the hardest. Yeah. Um, but absolutely brilliant. Georgie, Georgie's back. How you doing, Georgie? Hope all is well. Um, life is treating you well, mate. 
Um, Stuart's mentioned swear by the ultra lone peak weatherproof did Glencoe Challenger, no problems. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good, Stuart, because yeah, there's there's quite a lot of sections there with that are quite boggy. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and that can yeah definitely need a good boot, otherwise you'll lose it, <laughs> especially in those bogs 100%. on uh, in Glencoe. Absolutely, yeah, fantastic. Okay, so to level up from there, I think we're moving on to the. So the famous boots. Yeah, so the levelling up from there, mm. Mangle Bhutan. Yeah. This is one of my all-time favourite boots. Um, it's a bit, as you can see, like I'm trying to bend it in the same degree. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot stiffer than the other lightweight one. So this is really, I think of it as like a dual boot. What do they call a quiver killer? So if you a want... quiver killer? A quiver killer, yeah. Never heard that thing. Yeah, so if you have one boot, Interesting. if you only need one, um, this is the boot that I'll take because it'll fit um a b1 crampon really well okay. it's really what the that's yeah. designed for um it's quite <clears> stiff <throat> but yeah i did see an interesting comment there about boots on the wall and killy then said the like the the top of the boot still doesn't bend yeah. well this is really was layla, layla wasn't it? layla that's it yeah so these have actually got a memory foam upper <clears> so they're really quite comfortable yeah um and they remain flexible where they need to be but stiff where they need to be um this is a fantastic boot i mean yeah. i think me and you've been wearing this for years and then i know yeah. i've done ebc kilimanjaro tupacal denko yeah. challenge they're, um, they're an all-rounder definitely i mean they're you know and laura makes a good point <clears throat> and, and something important to, to, to factor in is that you know everyone's feet are different um when it comes to boots and you know you want to make sure that you you try you know you get to try these boots on I, I've got away with it a few times. I think I, over the years, I've kind of got to a stage where I know my size. Yeah. So I can order them online. I know then that I can change the fit depending on the, um, uh, put like a, an insole in because then that, that kind of tighten things up. Yeah. Generally, I can order online, but most, I'd say, most people, you know, need, need to get to a store, try them on for a little bit. If they're right for you, obviously, you're not going to really know until you do a longer trip because I've had, um, I remember, I think it was Scarpa Chamoy, I think they're called. And I wore them twice on two big mountain days. And an hour in, I had a blister. Yeah. Clearly, weren't the right boots for me. I think I gave them to one of the guides, actually, in Tupacal, in uh, Morocco, <clears throat> last year. And um, and then moved on to the boot that you've got there. Yeah. Which is actually one of my favorite boots at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I really Last like Motivas. it. Yeah, this is one. So And it looks cool, too. Yeah, it, lo it looks kind of cool. So this is the Last Botiva Equilibrium. Yeah. Um, I found this boot um, at exactly the right time, really, when it was released. I was looking for a new B2 boot. Wow, Dave. Um, what's that? Is that a bit close? That's, that's, that's fumigation my way. Hey, hey, hey. I wasn't the last person to wear them. Oh, right. <laughs> that was Zach. Oh, so there's multi, yeah, multi exactly, owners yeah. in there. So Zach actually borrowed these from me to do the, um, the trip that you were on. The, uh, uh, with skills. skills, yeah, yeah. Great. So yeah. this with is skills. Um, a B2. Yeah. Um, as you can see, it's got a nice bit of ankle protection there. These that's quite solid it's yeah, really it's kind of stiff at the bottom yeah. um as you can see the b2 it's got the platform the welt at the back for the crampon to actually mm -hmm. uh flip onto it's a really good boot this boot, Jesse. Yeah, more than, <laughs> i think more and more with boots so you're getting sort of the lines used to be quite clear that was a b1 this is a b2 that's a b3 yeah this is actually more of a hybrid really between a proper <clears throat> b2 boot but it's light and flexible yep. enough to be able to use, um, you know, as a, as a, you can hike in on this, put some crampons on, climb up. Yeah. I was very surprised how comfy they were in our ground. Yeah. I'll be honest. Mm. I found them a little bit tight, but then okay. I've got quite wide feet. 
yeah, yeah. You know, so I, but not so tight that once I've got them on and I've been walking, yeah. it, you know, I don't rub, I don't get blisters. It's just an observation that if they were like a millimeter wider, they'd probably be perfect. But they're really good. They've got the hard toe, you know, for protection. You can kick steps into the snow. This material here is actually quite sort of, it's quite nice. tough and abrasive. So yeah, this is a really, really good boot. Yeah, they've done well there, La Sportiva, haven't they? I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, La Sportiva, they've always been, historically, they've, they've always been kind of a higher end in terms of price. Also as well, they've always been towards the more of a mountaineering boots, but they've, they've stepped into the kind of, you talk about the quiver killer, that's actually a good trekking boot. Yeah, I would as say, well yeah, as this, a good mountain this, this could also be a proper quiver heavy, killer. Definitely the heavier yeah, side. It's, yeah, although some other B2s are even yeah, yeah, they again, are. You yeah, know, yeah. like I had a pair of Scarpa Manta yeah. Pros, remember those? Oh, GTX, yeah. Yeah, they, they were, were brilliant. They were brilliant, but they were a lot heavier than these. They were a bit of a, a chunky tool. Where this mm. one, yeah, like where uh, first time I did Tupcal, this is the only boot I brought. I wore it up to Tupcal, I wore it a third of the way up the mountain, and yeah. then I wore it all the way back. Um, I didn't go any higher than a third of the way up, so that's why <laughs> I didn't swap it or anything. Really yes. good. I think more importantly as well, I was just thinking about Layla's point there. Is, okay. Um, maybe we'll, maybe we can find the lacing video. So if your boot is sort of very inflexible right at the top of around the ankle, that could be a lacing issue as well. So if you're tying it, why do, why do we need to find a video? You can just do it now. Yeah, <laughs> Got, are you mentally prepared? Oh, I think so. Jen's been teaching me because clearly you've, you've you've taught yeah other people well. So, so did Jen show you how I lace? Do you want me do? to um? Do you want to come up or do you want to bring this uh, down? Yeah, bring that down. So it'll sit. Otherwise, I'll get the mud okay, everywhere. It's okay if the mud's on me. So generally, so the boots on my foot. Yeah. So as you can see, you've got like the three eyelets going up this one. Yeah. Generally speaking, these laces are really good as well. I quite like the fact that one's black, one's yellow mm -hmm. as well. And I'm like, just looks like one yellow one going up. So generally yeah, speaking, cool, how I'll tie my laces yeah. to avoid getting that sort of tight knot by here. So I'll go under. Yeah. Maybe I'll go under three times or twice. So that sits locked by there. Yeah. Then I'll go in the bottom ones. Okay. That's fine. Nice. It's really difficult to do when it's not on your foot. Then I take a photo of you during the live under pressure. Yeah. That's then I'll cross over again. And then I'll cross over another time because that locks it in. Doesn't that it? locks it in, and mm -hmm. just it just gives yeah, it a little yeah. bit more friction, so I can let go, mm -hmm. and it doesn't kind of go anywhere. Nice. Then instead of going to the next one up, yeah, I'll go to the top one. Okay. Wow. Bring it across. This time I'll only go over once because I don't really want it too tight by there. Then I'll go down the middle one. Nice, Dave. Nice. And then here is where I'll put my knot. So and why do you do that then? Is, is so the reason why I do my knot that way yeah. is because the knot now is here. Mm -hmm. That's where it's applying its most pressure, not right at the top around the ankle. Although it is yeah. still tight with the lace around the ankle, but the knot is there. Nice. So what that means is you don't have that really tight feeling yeah. around the top of the ankle, and it, what you don't want is a boot that's really tight at the ankle, but then kind of like like kind of loose by here. Yeah, you, it, that's it can move a bit then, cause blister yeah, issues, right? You want to get that locked in feeling, which you get from going around the, that bottom of the boot. There. Okay, that's where you get the locked in. Yeah, here you want support, but enough flexibility. So if you do roll an ankle, yeah. it's going to support you, but still allow enough movement that you don't pull a muscle. Anyway, nice, Dave. That's how I do. Well done, mate. See, I, I I know you got it. See, that's why I any time. It's like there's no pressure. 
No, none, none whatsoever. No, like <laughs> I, I, the thing is, I don't like doing it on video because I'm like, if I make a mistake, <laughs> there it is for the rest of um, time. No, but I, yeah, that obviously they're really good. I like it as well because I don't use that. I, I, I kind of do it kind of the other way. Yeah, but that way is the best. I think I've seen yeah. so many people use it. I'll probably switch to that to be honest. Yeah, I honestly, go. I highly recommend it. Highly mm. recommend it purely yeah. because. In my mind, yeah, it's just as tight and just as supportive as the other way. Yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of like, but you're getting more. It's not <clears> it's not less than the other way. Having it tight around the ankle, but still laced up to the top means yeah. you've got that support, but you've also got that freedom of movement. Nice. So it's not feeling like you've got, you know, something like high up your leg way too tight. <laughs> um, some good questions coming in as well. And also I think one of the uh, Yetis, is it is it Vicky on the live? I'm just seeing is it Vicky or is it Jody? Anyway, whichever Yeti is on, let's put the link to the um, um, to the ladies' uh, Mandel boot that Dave showed earlier. Oh yeah, um, nice. So it's called the Antella uh, Lady GTX. Do you have to go Antella? I, 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 see, I see AO when I'm like, Antella. where is it? I know. I'm just gonna call it the Antella. There we are. Antella. Yeah. <laughs> it's Vicky. Of course it is. <laughs> um, nice one, Vic. Thanks for posting that, mate. Um, I think there's a couple of questions as well around. Was it Pratesh was asking? Uh, would I need crampons for EBC in October? No. So with with EBC, um, you don't need it's, it's not like on a, one of our technical trips, um, and you wouldn't need any any crampons. Even though Everest Base Camp is on a glacier, um, the actual areas it is pretty safe to walk on without crampons, um, and the entire route up to that is um, is on uh, paths or uh, you know ground, so you you won't be walking on any ice. Yeah. Um, for that, so yeah, no no crampons needed, just the old school boots. Yeah. Um, you know, in every all the boots that we talked about today, even the trail shoes could get away on Everest Base Camp for us, as we mentioned earlier. Just to reiterate, definitely on the on the you know we, we always kind of err on the side of caution, um, you know, and and with regards to boots, uh, using them over trail shoes definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. So I've got a good answer for Jerome as well for his question, but well, I, need, I, I need the I need, the, I need <laughs> Crocs are no no well. I need the Dave, other... you're you're a Crocs man. Actually, funny enough, we had someone fairly recently yeah. wanting to know um, if they could wear Crocs to EBC. They were going to do it to go for like the uh, the charity. What I'm wondering is if Vicky can hear me, Vic, would you be so kind as to grab me the pair of boots from the mess tent and um, just throw them through the door at me? <laughs> that would be very helpful because I need to use them as a demonstration. Oh, Jody is on it. <laughs> yeah on it on it the mess tent mate it's great and, and just to clarify we haven't got a tent in the office that's just what we call where we have lunch right yeah it's coming dave i can i can hear that's the shoes the ones... oh they're nice they are they're nice thank you very much there. Joe, Joe, he's trying so brilliant uh, jerome has asked are there any um boots with buckles yeah um because laces are a real issue for people with Arthritis. Oh, is isn't it? Brilliant. Well, this is a boot I bought. Yeah. Um, actually, bought for you. I know. When I saw it as a gift, yeah, lovely. It's a really good winter boot. Um, you know, it's like quite heavy duty. It does have a buckle, although I'll be honest with you, buckles are not great. He goes, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't. I, you know, they come loose, and it's not like a skiing buckle. More importantly, what I'm here to show you is the BOA system. Yeah. So this good. is really good. So in order to do this up, great painting. So you just push that in, and yeah. then, and you yeah, can see it. Fantastic, isn't it? And then the I love the tight, And then to take it off again, you just push it. Yeah. Uh, no, so you just pull it, 
loosens it right up and that'll loosen it right off again yeah and then Great push it in and then just twist it and it'll go tight again this is brilliant really love the boa yeah and in fact if i see a pair of boots one with laces one with a boa i'll probably go for the boa i was researching um or boa i'm not sure whether three days or ago boa. uh i call it boa it's easier right? yeah um yeah i was researching some uh ski boots because i know we're, we're going we got some skiing coming up and um some of them now i've got the the, the boa um yeah kind of option on there pricey but very very useful. do a lot i do a lot of it oh really but they do ski boots with um do you know what i've heard though no i'm gonna go into ski boot territory it's not necessary. <laughs> i've been doing That's so cool. much research on them but um nice yeah I'll move this over a bit. so jerome check out boots with um the boa yeah they're very good there we go jerome all you mate all you um allison do you cross over the glacier to ebc coming next year in october so yeah when you when you go into ebc so you'll reach um, a little settlement called Gorakshep, which is kind of the last settlement before Everest. And Gorakshep is, it wasn't a village before, it was, it's only been there really since trekkers and climbers started to go to, to Everest. Um, and more so the trekkers really, because of the, the amount of people going through. And so it's not natural to be there. Um, anyway, you've got about two and a half to three hours to walk to the, the kind of location of where Everest Base Camp is. Although during the spring, Everest Base Camp is so big because you've got all the climbers there. It's probably a mile and a half long, um, you know, village, if you like, um, on the glacier. So there's lots of different camps set up for different summit teams. NIMS usually takes up half of it. Uh, it's got, you know, quite a lot of space there. Um, and uh, essentially, yeah, you can, you, when you walk into Base Camp, you've got kind of usually a marker at the moment. I and mean, it's changed over the years. At the moment, you might have seen some pictures where Everest Base Camp is written on a rock. Um, unfortunately, a couple of other um, people have, have spray painted on the rock, well, which isn't good. Actually, we spoke to one of our team over there. They're thinking of going and removing that. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so you yeah. do get some. That's one thing actually important to touch on. Like sometimes people like say things about mm. like writing on the rock and stuff like that. I don't like graffiti, but putting a marker on a rock for base camp is absolutely fine in my opinion. They've, they've done it for years. It's yeah. just been smaller. Exactly. Yeah. And ultimately the way I look at it is yeah. any person that has been to base camp or wants to go to base camp is a human being wanting to go to an area. Yeah. And it's very difficult then to criticize when you see the presence of other humans there, you know, we're all mm. technically part of the problem. The yeah. best thing we can do is also be part of like the solution as well. So okay. one thing that we do when we're out there is, you know, we, we do, um, we don't take any like single use plastics there yeah. and stuff like that. If you do have to buy bottled filters. exactly. If you do have to buy bottled water, we say take the bottle back with you. So at least that way you're kind of removing some plastic off the mountain. Nice. You know, so but yeah, those names, <clears throat> yeah, it is annoying then because someone's put their name on it. It is frustrating, isn't it? But the, the one thing, like the first time I went there, there was there was none of that. It was just a tiny rock uh, that had EBC written on it and 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 the, the year. And then every year, then when base camp kind of gets moved or set up. Um, a new rock gets placed there um, and then it just happened that this big rock was kind of a good location for it so they wrote on there but yeah sorry just, just to Alison sorry to go on uh, <laughs> taking the longest amount of time ever to answer your question um, yeah so in terms of crossing over the glacier you can walk pretty much if especially if you're you're going in October so there won't be any camps there very rare um, very rare that there'll be camps there sometimes there is in 2018 there was North Face there um it was um hillary nelson was climbing um lotsi and then skiing down the lotsi couloir um sadly passed away uh, last year 
uh, on Manorsloo. Um, but yeah, sorry, I digress. With regards to crossing over, you can walk as far as you go up until the ice fall, but other than that, you're not allowed any further. So you can get you you get really close to the action. Yeah. Um, but one thing we always say as well is it when you get to base camp because it's kind of one of the highest points, not the highest if you're doing um, Calipatar the morning after, is that the guide kind of generally makes up and uh, decides how long you're going to spend there because it depends on the weather if it's really bad weather coming in what time you get there because especially if you you know you want to limit the time you don't want to be hiking back in the dark um also how the group are feeling if some of the group are not well you know or are suffering you know obviously it's great that we, we won't spend a long time there um, but if if everything's going well the weather's good you're there early probably got over an hour an hour and a half sometimes two hours people spend there so it's time yeah. to walk around and you know, it's just an amazing place. Yeah, you're gonna love it. You're gonna absolutely love it. And uh, next year in October, that'll that'll fly by. You'll be uh, in no time at all. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, um, got a question from Nick Schaefer that said, um, "Okay, always been interested in trekking to EBC. I feel yeah. that it would be a bit of a cattle market with thousands of people going there every year, and that would spoil the experience. Yeah. Should you choose a different trek, for example, Annapurna, um, or the same apply? What are your thoughts? Yeah, good question. I think, honestly, Nick, wherever you want to go. Like, if there are people that, you know, if it's a trekking destination, you're always going to come into contact with other groups yeah, and things like that. It's exactly. unavoidable. In my opinion, it doesn't ruin it. Um, you know, it's part of the experience is meeting other people. And like, you meet some great people. And yeah. every day you're kind of having a good experience on, how did you get on yesterday? Oh, what was your favorite bit? And, like, you get to yeah. know people. Um, certainly, it is busy. Honestly, Annapurna is going the same way. It's probably less people going there. Yeah. But it's still a popular trekking destination um you know really i think if you want to go on a on a kind of a really remote one there are some other things that we do that you can do yeah but they're not going to be on those mega popular ones for instance you could do machu picchu via the tomakea very remote we didn't see anyone yeah <laughs> the only group on that trip There's, which is fantastic yeah and um I'm trying to think of any others that we do you got patagonia rice fields patagonia very rice remote. fields yeah very um, remote. k2 base camps very remote but i think um uh, dave's made a good point there whatever you go there will be people but I think the the misconception of his base camp is that it is, uh, you know, it's if you've seen the pictures at um, uh, say Snowden, uh, you know, the queues and things, it's it's not like that. It's not it's not the M25. Let's put it that way. It's not. There are people there, but it's for what it is. It's not like that. Um, I, I've never experienced. You know, I've been to Everest base camp five times, um, and it's it's never been that busy. The, the the good thing is the first couple of days because you're on. Essentially, you're going through villages, Sherpa villages up to um, Namche. And then once you get past, I would say, Tengboche, so out of the forest into the glacial valleys, you get your own space. So you, you're not really amongst other people. And then what that does is then you get a bit of a bottleneck as you come towards Everest Base Camp because there's one route to Everest yeah. Base Camp. And it does become more people, but not lots and lots of people. Um, just mainly on the first couple of days when you're going through yak paths. Uh, because it's, they're only small, you know, they're, they're quite um, um, they're quite small, uh, small areas. But yeah, yeah wh whatever, whatever happens there, um, you you can have an awesome time. Um, it really is. What was it? It was Nick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it it really is one of the best tracks in the world that you can do. I think so. Yeah, um, it's my absolute yeah. favorite, and I've never thought that the presence of other people sort of ruined it. No, exactly. Because yeah, never did. Yeah. There's plenty of time, you know, to spend time on your own and you know have an experience and. In my opinion, you can have the best of both worlds. I mean, 
Um, I would just go there with an open mind. Don't yeah. don't go there with any sort of don't go there waiting to be annoyed by people. I'm not saying you are, but some people are like, as soon as they see five other people on the trail, it's like, oh God. And then if there's a little bit of a queue to take a picture, it's like, oh God. But actually just go there with an open mind, yeah. enjoy it. Be definitely experienced the mountains and you, you'll you will have an amazing time, that's guaranteed. Exactly. Um Lindsay asked, I'm really looking at doing EBC and Island Peak with you guys. Um, he's done Kilimanjaro, a lot of mountains in the UK, also an ultra challenger. So I'm pretty fit. What other training advice should you be able to give me? Well, Lindsay, to be honest, you, you're 90% of the way there. <laughs> um, I'd say, yeah, if you can do all that, if you climb Killy, um, obviously, you, you know, you are going higher on Island Peak, um, uh, you know, over 6,100 meters. So, you know, altitude. But if you've been to almost 6,000 meters on Killy, 5895 meters, you know, you, you, you'll know yourself how you deal, you dealt with that. You're only going a few hundred meters higher. Um, it is slightly different. It's not, you know, there is like 100, 110 meters of, of, of fixed rope climbing um, that you'll be doing, um, which, you know, obviously is different to Killy because Killy's all trekking. But EBC, um, you know, that'll be lower than Killy. I think in terms of fitness uh, and, and in terms of advice and training, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. If you do ultra challenges, um, you know, you, with regards to this, the, the only training I'd suggest or experience is maybe getting some time on the snow, on the ice. So, you know, if, you, if you've done any winter training, that would be highly um, helpful to you because any time on ice and snow and crampons is helpful yeah. because as you get higher on um, Island Peak, um, you'll be on a fixed rope and you'll also be having, I don't know if you use like a Juma, so it goes up and down the rope. So you've got some traction to pull yourself up. You'd be wearing crampons because you'd be on snow and ice, uh, quite slippery ground. Um, and also at times then you'd be having your ice axe. So there's there's definitely, um, if, you, if you've got experience doing that, great. If you haven't, do some winter training. That being said, we've had people who've gone on Island Peak and not had any of that training and summited. Yeah. It's, you know, you can learn on the job, as you say, you know, you can learn on the trip. Um, but any time spent in anything just means you're more comfortable. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but regarding fitness, mate, you're, you're already pretty much there. Do what you're doing. Um, maybe do some more technical stuff, definitely. Good awesome. question, though. Um, Alison Morgan, do, yeah. you, do you wear different boots for going to EBC in April or October? Just wondering if it's significantly different conditions. Um, to be honest, no, you can get away with the mm -hmm. same pair of boots for um, both times. So March, April, May, um, September, October, November, the, the trekking conditions are relatively the same. That's yeah. to say in the Himalaya, it can also be unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but you don't need any heavier wintry type of boots. Personally, I think um, the Mingle Bhutan is like perfect yeah. um, for both. Like you can, th this is the type of boot that I've worn in hot conditions, cold conditions, yeah. and it's been absolutely perfect. So something like this, However, I have also trekked to EBC in April and October in a boot similar to this one, you know, a lighter non-leather one as well. Nice. And I've had no problems um, because you're not going to be doing any, anything technical. Yeah. Really, it's just about insulation and stuff like that. So if you do buy a pair of boots that you can fit a big, thick pair of socks in or like maybe two pairs of socks, if it gets really cold, yeah, then you've kind of got yourself covered. So no. You don't need one pair of boots. Yeah, um, Stuart's asked a good question as well. Um, looking at the Hanwag Ferrara 2, I believe they are B2 views on the using it on Killy in August. Um, to be fair, I, I my, my first look, because I, I hadn't seen those before, so I give them a, a little bit of a Google then, uh, Stu. Um, they might be a bit overkill. I've not experienced them. I mean, if they are like these B2s, um, uh, the uh, Equilibrium, uh, they're called the Hanwag 
Ferrara 2. Um, because you don't really need to put any crampons on. Um, you know, I'd say any any a more of a trekking boot would be preferable. But that being said, mate, if they if those are comfortable for you, just go in with a mindset. Okay, it's going to be harder on my feet because a lot of hard ground on Killy. Uh, on the descent, you do go down some kind of it's like volcanic ash um, that's been there. It's like sand essentially. That will be soft. Other than that, it's going to be hard on your feet. So yeah, in, in professional opinions do. I'd probably go for something that's a bit more lighter than that. Yeah. If I was looking at them. They look great though for like something like Island Peak. Um, you know, maybe uh, if you if it's really winter conditions on Tubcal, or they can get away with a lighter boot on there as well. Um, I'd say they're probably a bit overkill. Do you agree? Yeah, for Killy, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think um anytime you get a B two boot, yeah, it's gonna be stiff enough to accommodate a C two crampon, yeah, which means that it's gonna be pretty inflexible, it's gonna be have be quite hard under your foot. And really that's designed to be used with a crampon in winter conditions. <clears throat> yeah. With Kilimanjaro, that's not really the experience. So I would say the boot doesn't quite match the trip. Something like the Mandel Bhutan would be perfect for Kili. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit more flexible, it's a little bit more forgiving because it's designed for what you're going to be doing hundred percent of the time, which is just walking. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would do. Great stuff. Some great questions coming in as well. Thanks for posting all the question questions everyone um especially tina tina great to see you on as well um asking about waterproof boots needed for abc uh annapurna base camp right um to be honest any any of the um boots that you do have if they're waterproof already highly recommend it um remind me tina what time of year are you going um obviously with regards to monsoon yeah any boot you're going to wear just because of the, the, the if it's monsoon you're going to get wet <laughs> um it's definitely um you know if, if it if you have a, a kind of downpour um any for, for an extended amount of time over an hour you're going to get wet um <laughs> just put them next to the um uh the the big iron stove in the middle of the room just to dry i'm not too close on them to melt I've seen yeah. that happen before yeah i did that <laughs> Didn't want to say names there. yeah no i melted okay. the lace <laughs> um i've seen someone actually um going on ski boots put the skis ski boots next to a fire melted half their ski boots really mm, bad yeah. times that's not going to be molded anymore <laughs> that's not going to be um, molded. Yeah. good question though I, I so yeah tino i suppose the point i was trying to get across is whatever boots you're going to get if it's monsoon you're going to get wet um unfortunately i remember having the, like really good waterproof boots i think they were mammut trovat mountain guide literally what i would say as bomb proof boots they got wet in the uk in a bog in the rain, dry, for some reason, monsoon, got, got wet. Yeah. Ah, there's me. I spent so, <laughs> spent so much time and she was joking. Cheers, Tina. Anyway, I hope I was useful. Yeah. Nice. Um, Pratesh has asked, uh, would yeah. I need crampons to EBC for October? No. No. No, you'd be fine. Um, again, EBC, nothing technical. Um, no, like, you know, you, you are a, a little bit on ice and rock when you're on the glacier, but it's flat terrain. So you yeah. won't need crampons or anything like that. All good to go nice um jerome just looking i think actually you might have actually already serious question are there any hiking boots out there that have buckles instead of laces i know you went on to the, the, yeah. the boa ones there uh much like ski boots laces are a real problem if you have arthritic hips yeah um jerome same same i think there are certain boots out there i've not used too many the one that dave said there is um well, it is one that Merrill, does have it 
Meryl Scarpa and La Sportiva tend to be the ones that Yeah, Meryl Scarpa, La Sportiva. Yeah. Um, they tend to have the... The other, the other thing you can do... Yeah. Is... Um, uh, yeah, you are is right. It's like this speed lacing thing. Yeah. I will be honest, these are very, like, stretchy. So... Yeah. But you can sort of, like, get them like that so you can see you just, like, pull that tight onto the boot. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, not as good as an actual lace because they are stretchy, so there is some give in them. Yeah. But there are other other methods you can use like that that um, if it if it really is a kind of a, a deal breaker, you can you can get nice. around it. Um, Sebi, how are you doing, Sebi? Uh, is leather an issue? No, not at all. No, we get no. a lot of um, trekkers that bring the old school boots. Yeah. Always wear my leather trousers when I go hiking. <laughs> um, it know. wouldn't surprise me. Got to be done, mate. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. I want to see that now. Yeah. Uh, no, but leather boots are fine. Um, you'll find that. Obviously, they take a little bit more looking after, a little bit more waxing, but yeah, you'd be uh, you'd be great. Uh, best boots for the Everest trek from Stephen Badger. Um, yeah, there's I mean, there's so many boots out there. I mean, we're always going to talk about the Mandals because we've used them personally, but generally, most boots. So you've got ones like um, uh, the North Face Hedgehog GTX. Uh, you've got the um, Salomon. What's the Salomon's? Are really good. They're obviously GTX. I think, I think, I think they're GTX4 or something like GTX4. that. GTX4. Yeah. And obviously the Mandel Bhutan. Uh, you've also got, though, my uncle actually just before we went to base camp. Um, what was it? Yeah, literally, he clearly got the email today. And uh, my uncle Stu uh, went to base camp in November. Great guy, um, ex military. So he, uh, <laughs> he, he basically knows his stuff when it comes to certain outdoor gear. But yeah, he liked the, um, and he wore the, the Mandel Men's Marin GTX. Yeah. He wanted us to talk about that and just mention it because um, it worked for him. And he suffers with uh, suffers, suffers with plantar fasciitis, so he, he said they, they were really good for that. Yeah. If anyone has similar foot problems. Awesome. Um, so thanks, Uncle Stu. Uh, Vicky Way, what sort of sleeping bag would you advise to bring in April for the EBC trek? Um, so the bag that I use when I go to EBC is the Rab Ascent 700. Um, it's sort of a three to four season bag. That's what I would be looking to do for EBC three to four season because you are in tea houses, you're not outside, you're not exposed. So, but it still can get cold in those rooms. Three to four season sleeping bag is really good. Yeah. I think you can get really good three to four season sleeping bags from like Rab Mountain Equipment. Yeah. They're really good. Um, to be honest, I would go for a four season one because really your sleeping bag can't be too warm because you can always just undo it and open yeah. it up if you get a bit warm. Um, but yeah, the Rabasent 700 I found is absolutely just right in the sweet spot for, for EBC. It's a bit of an all-rounder as well. You you go back honestly. I'm going to use that what you said earlier, quiver killer. Quiver killer, yeah. I am. Um, I, I I I like that. That's a, that's, a, that's a good word. Good good turn of phrase, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a few boots and a few different uh, like. Okay, we're talking sleeping bags here, but sleeping bags that cover a lot of different types of trekking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you know? if you you know if you're climbing a high altitude peak. Yeah. It'll be a mummy sleeping bag, and I mean literally like a mummy. It's like it's designed to fit really <laughs> close to your body. It's yeah. a big fill, minus forty. Yeah, I think the Ravisen Seven Hundred is like minus. It's a minus fifteen, minus Comfort. something like yeah. that. So, yeah, absolute it hits the nail on the head. So I would, uh, if I was going to do it, I would start with the Ravisen Seven Hundred, and then just look around for bags that are yeah. equivalent to that one, um, and you'll be in the right way. Dave Rimmington got some nice Scarpa marmalade boots. Happy birthday, happy birthday, Dave. Hope all um, hope you're all well. Um, we're quite tight, so I had to return them. Marmalade, uh, mate. So, um, never mind. Should have got jam instead. Would have been definitely better. Scarpa marmalade. I just went for the whatever you put on your toast joke. 
Yeah. Didn't quite go down that well. Is there a brand called, is there a book called the Marmalade? It wouldn't surprise me if Dave was joking there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dave does like a good joke. Um, he's Honestly, respect the humour, mate. I like it. Um, I've seen puffer like 10 slippers suggested for the evenings in the tea houses. From Alison Morgan, what do you think? Like the Dame, the Dame slippers. Yeah, I've seen yeah. loads of them. I've yeah, never I used them. them personally, um, but definitely uh, if you if you if you're sensitive feet and they do get cold, and you can squeeze them in, highly recommend them. I know that lots of Evertrackers who've taken them. Yeah, and in the tea houses and yeah, I, I've kind of I've always been a bit of old school, just wearing normal you know trekking shoes. Um, but yeah, if you want to wear them, go for it. That's how you get them. Yeah, it depends, I suppose, if you're suffering cold feet or not, really. That's the answer. I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. I I don't, so I don't wear them. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate having my feet too hot. Yeah. Um, so I would avoid them like the plague. But I know loads of people that just like their feet and their hands get really cold. Yeah. So in that situation, why not? Yeah, and uh, Stefan makes a good point as well. Stefan Halls, you appreciate having a four-season sleeping bag when you get to Gorak Shep. Never been so cold. Uh, thermals and a quilt was still cold. Yeah, I, I think when you go into every space camp, I think you've got to, and this is to anyone that hasn't been. I know Stefan was with us last year. Is that yeah, you just got to accept you're gonna be cold in Gorakshire, whatever time of year you're gonna get there. Yeah, it's that high, it's that it's windy. Honestly, the times I've been there, I've been I went in winter the first time, which was in like yeah January 2016, mm. and um, yeah, it's about minus 25 without the wind, and yeah, I literally woke up with a duvet was frozen. And yeah, I know every time you know Evertrack has come back, and whenever someone mentions Gorak Shep, you can see the pain in the face and go, "Oh, Gorak Shep! Oh my God! Not it, great story. It's cold." But this is adventure travel, right? October, <laughs> October twenty nineteen, and never forget it. Really? It was it was cold yeah. all the way up. I remember telling you I was yeah, really yeah. cold in Facting, um, and I remember thinking then, "Man, nah, yeah. Gorak Shep's going to be grim." And when we got there, yeah, I don't think it was quite minus twenty five. But it was definitely high, like low teens. And um, <coughs> I, I remember waking up in the morning and, yeah, you got those like crystals all over your bag and stuff like that. Yeah, it's honestly, cool. it's, like, and also I remember like my nose must have been running because my mustache was frozen solid. And um, yeah, I had a better night's sleep. <laughs> I know. But what are you going to do? Never, I never sleep well in the uh, What are you, you going to do, you know? Well, there we are. EDC um, wouldn't be as fun if it was at sea level, would it? You know, so. Exactly. Um, Sebi, off the beaten track, but you think my good lady and I can have an awesome honeymoon. Absolutely, yeah. No worries about the email, Sebi. Let's get let's get that sorted for you. I'd love to. Uh, we've got a few Evertrekkers actually who've gone on there for a honeymoon. We've actually, I remember, um, what's it, Mark and Haley, Evertrekkers who met on a training weekend and then went on the trek together, um, and then got married. Uh, they met on they. I don't know, they met on. Evertrek. We had a wedding. We had a wedding in at 2018. Camp. Yeah, that was brilliant, wasn't it? That was. Oh, no, I forget that name now. Emily, oh my God, I, I should know. But they uh, they actually they had got, a great wedding. They got dressed in their um their wedding outfits on uh, Calipatan. Oh really? Yeah, amazing, amazing, love it. Oh, Stuart Haddon, Stuart, how you doing? Great to see you. You know, virtually. Yeah. Um, yeah, you Solomon Quest 4D GTX on Killy, and on both trips to Ecuador. Yeah, so Stuart was actually one of our uh, was our first ever customer on the Summit Sapphire trip. Um, unfortunately, I, I know there was some bad weather, wasn't it, Stuart? I know we talked about when you were on our on our podcast episode, yeah. but um, and it was a bit nuts when you went back there with the the um, protests. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a bit mad out there, um, but yeah, definitely the, those the Solomon Quest 4D GTX are really good boots. Yeah, because I think someone did ask about summits um, 
apologies if it was your question. I'm just going to go through the questions and see. Andrew Scott said, lads, are your faces blurred or is it just me? I think that's just tiredness. <laughs> that's tiredness. Is that tiredness? Yeah, that, that's fatigue. That is, that's what happens um, when you just give everything for the Tuesday. But um, no, yeah, brilliant, Stu brilliant. as well. And Stu will be uh, aware, as I'm sure the rest of you do, that um, Coda Paxi is a little bit grumpy at the moment. Um, so yeah, yeah, I doubt anyone will be climbing Coda Paxi now for a year or two at yeah. least. Um, last time it went off, um, I think it was about two years where it was unclimbable. Yeah. So Stuart was probably the uh, one of the last few that kind of uh, managed to climb on uh, Paxi before it decided to uh, have a break. Yeah, I think it was Carl actually, wasn't it? Just joined. Sorry if I asked. What is the best boots for summiting uh, summits of fire? Um, yeah, and and just I suppose it links well actually from what Stuart was saying there. He's used those boots. Also used Mainland Bhutan's. In fairness, there is. There is some trekking and there's some climbing. So, yeah, I know you said you, you'd rather not take two pairs of boots. I think if you've got, as Dave said, the quiver killer, something that's an all-rounder, something like the um, it's coming uh, back. equilibrium. Mate, it's, it's a great boot. Yeah, that would be good for both. It um, would, would be good for both. It's very similar to the chamois that you had and that Stuart yeah. used. But the only difference is that this one is, is kind of a really good trekker as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you could use this. I, and that's crampon compatible. And so. that's crampon compatible, yeah, which you 100% need. Um, using it on some steep ground in Scotland in, in some dodgy conditions managed really I well. Go, I double boot I do, though. Do you? I bring, I bring Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, I bring I, double boot. I've got to be honest, if I can squeeze it in, I will wear, just to get over the weight, I'll put, I'll wear those on the plane, even mm. though it's crazy because they look huge, and take my lighter ones in the duffel. Yeah, so I tend to do. Mm. So, like, um, I do like to wear both because it is nicer trekking in a proper yeah. pair of trekking boots. That's the thing. Like there is sometimes this tendency to look at the more expensive, more yeah. sort of high tech boots and think yeah. they're the best. They're the best for what they've been designed to do, yeah. which isn't necessarily trekking. So I like to have the best possible boots for trekking and then I'll swap them over and yeah. use the best possible ones for me for climbing. Nice. Um, so I am a swap arounder. Um, um, Carl was just asking, what are the name of the boots again? Equilibrium. Last so imagine equilibrium. Yeah. E so equilibrium, but started with an A. Yeah. And you'll find these, <clears throat> and they're really, really good. Um, I think they're a little bit tight fitting. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to have a slightly wider sort of what they call in the toe box. Yeah. But I have a slightly wide foot, and they're only slightly too tight. Not so much that it would make me send them back. Yeah. Um, these are these are really good, and you'll see everyone wearing them at the moment. Uh, there is two types as well. So there's a lighter one and a heavier one. This is like the this isn't the lighter one. They brought a third one out now. Oh, they got a third one. Yeah, it's got like an outer layer. Oh um, yeah, the, the double boot. Yeah, the double boot it looks awesome. Yeah, this is the I think the perfect one for me because mm. it's really good. Um, yeah, so I hope that helps, Carl. Um, definitely, Alison, um, would you recommend merino socks? Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we talked about merino socks. Was it the week before last? And we literally talked about all about underwear. Yeah. When was that? That was... God, time's flying by, right? It wasn't last week. It was the week before. Week before. Yeah. Have a look at that one. We, we, we talked about loads of different types of yeah. socks, Alison. But yeah, merino wool socks are very good. Yeah. A lot of my socks are merino. A lot of underwear I actually wear is merino. Um, also as well, check out bamboo socks. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at socks, uh, you've got uh, uh, Super Feet. Not Super Feet. Uh, Bridgedale. What's the other one that begins with S? Uh, Smart Wool. Smart Wool. Smart Wool. Very, very good makes. Um, highly recommend them, definitely. You saved me with a set of smart walls in London one time. Remember I wore those shoes that were like giving oh, me massive, giving me blisters yeah. within 10 minutes from the train to the hotel. Was that WTM? 
WTM, yeah, yeah which we're going to do a lot of walking, and I just, I just, just pair of vans as well. So, and shoes, so rare. And shoes. So rare. Well, at the moment, <laughs> I'm trialing out these barefoot things. I, I noticed that someone mentioned barefoot earlier. Um, I've been sort of breaking them in a little bit because nice. um, I, I, I had like sore feet, and I was like, these. Thought you'd try that. These apparently can can strengthen your feet, make them stronger. <laughs> they can. I've heard a lot of when we met some um, women. Uh, Keswick Mountain Festival last year we were exhibiting. Sadly, not on this year. It's just got um, just a smaller uh, running festival. Um, hopefully back next year, though. Really looking forward to getting back there. Yeah. And we met. Um, uh, who was it? Was it, was it Barefoot? Not Barefoot. Who was the shoe Vigo, company? It was, it was these. It was I, Vivo Barefoot. It, it was, I bought these. Ah, they're the ones. These are the ones I bought. Very from... interesting side. side so they're just like little dappy things, yeah. but they're like if you look at them, like there's like <laughs> nothing. That to is them. lightweight. But they, they like I put my foot on like a pressure pad, um, and it, it's it's a couple of things like they 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 told me one of them is like because of uh, the the old knee injury yeah there's a lot more like there's not even weight distribution okay. apparently these help to kind of help that yeah I just think they're kind of light and cool and mainly I'm not wearing them I'm wearing them just to like strengthen the the soles of my feet a little bit it's I remember since you got them I think definitely it's, it's still I've still got to be persuaded when it comes to them. It's still for me if I'm doing a trek, still like my oh attention. I wouldn't. What are you tracking in these? Yeah, no. we just walking around. I do have a pair, right, yeah. of Vivo um, hiking boots. I think yeah. they're called the Ranger or something. Okay, might do another Dave giveaway if I can find the second boot. Yeah, do it, I only do know it. where one is. Do it. But I wouldn't. I, I personally, for me, I know some people swear by it. It's like a. It's like yeah. a bloody cult the uh the barefoot movement um i'm doing it to strengthen my feet but i wouldn't track in them i want mm. the support and i want the uh the comfort uh jerome there keswick i'm in oh mate yeah it's, it's not on this year unfortunately Next yeah year. keswick mountain festival they have uh, decided to skip a year i think uh, lots of outdoor festivals and things clearly struggled over the last few years you know the, the that word that shall not be named yeah. but yeah it's um I, I think in terms of their recovery um they, they, they needed to miss a year unfortunately yeah, we were gutting, we found out, because um, we, we've done it for the last few years. Um, Marcus. Yeah, sleeping mats. Hey, Marcus, good question. Yeah, at some point, can we comment on sleeping mats? Do you need them? Um, if so, what would you recommend? So what trip are you going on? Because it does depend. Um, yeah. You do need them. If there's going to be any camping involved, I would take one. Um, mine is a Thermarest. Highly recommend it, because yeah. it's really light, packs down small. Um, it's designed to sort of reflect your body's heat back up rather than lose it underneath you. Nice. So um, it is really good in colder temperatures. They are quite expensive, the Thermarest ones, but yeah. um, basically if I'm doing any trek where there's going to be any camping involved, I'll bring it with me. It weighs less than a kilo. It packs down really small. Mm. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Um, yeah. And in fact, we um, when me and you did Killy, I brought it with me. Yeah, I went. Uh, I I thought I'd do the opposite and not take mine and just use the mats out there. Yeah, but the mats are very very similar to wood in a lot of respects. Um, but but what they're I, okay. They're they're uh, if you like a hard bed. But I find I do like a hard yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. So halfway through, we swapped because you were hurting because you'd done so many days on your hip on the hard bed. I remember. And I wanted a bit of like just support for my bad back. So we actually found it worked if we swapped. Um, also here, do we want to see um, how much you like hard beds compared to me? Oh yeah, go on. Because yeah, I yeah. Uh, this was from uh, this was April twenty four years ago almost. Um, yeah, uh, excuse the interruption. I'm going to come in. We'll come back. It's literally only like fifteen seconds, and uh, I lost the toss. Uh, we we we, we tossed a coin coin for it. Um, good clarification. <laughs> uh, 
Good clarification. And uh, yeah, had to sleep on this bed. Anyway, yeah. here we go. <laughs> go on. Hey guys, uh, Dave from Evertrack here. Just want to demonstrate Andy's bed for tonight. <laughs> Lovely five star combination. <laughs> go on. Hey guys. Again, almost wanted to replay. Seeing so, I hope you've watched it. <laughs> I hope you've watched it. But no, that's just to demonstrate that I don't mind not having, uh, I don't mind a, a stiff uh, bed. Um, sorry. This is, that's getting bad now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child, man. And you keep, I keep signing. It's keep... not the mouth that comes out, it's the mind that goes in. Yeah, yeah. So, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, just to finish on that. <laughs> no, but when it comes to, to, to match, yeah, if you do want a little bit more comfort, definitely take your own on. I'd say if you're going on Killy, if you're going on um, the Inca Trail or Tomakea with us, uh, K2 base camp. Um, you could you could argue you could bring one for Mera Peak. Um, definitely Aconcagua. A few days, a couple of days on um, Island Peak, Lobuche. Um, yeah, <laughs> and Jerome, stop it, guys. <laughs> Sorry, we can't, can't help the humor. We wouldn't let. What was it you say? Wouldn't let um... professionalism get in the way of a good show. Yeah, I, I, I like that, Dave. I like I've that. never, you know. I don't profess to be some, uh, you know, like highbrow comedian, um, you know. Brilliant. Um, but right, yeah, going back to what, what we were talking about, which is boots. Now, we, we hope, you know, we've talked a lot about boots, a lot about different types of boots, what you need them, when you need them. Hope that's been useful today. Um, definitely. Any any final thoughts, Steve, on the, on the boot side of things? Penultimate thought. Um, Sorry, yeah. No, yeah, I think um, there's a couple of things to bear in mind. We've made quite a few recommendations here. Um, there's no one size fits all, mm. basically. So the, the most important thing with any boot is fit. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you do go to a number of different shops, try on a number of different boots. Yeah. If they feel right, you'll know. If you have any point where you're like, ah, oh, they're a bit, they're in the shop, it, you're not mm. walking in them. So you have to be ultra critical. Yeah. If you feel a little bit on the toe, a little bit on the heel, after 10 miles, that's going to be murder. So yeah. make sure that they fit like a glove. They're really good for you. Make sure that they're right for what you're doing. There's no point getting a set of B2 or B3 boots if all you're going to be doing is walking. Yeah. And equally, if you're going to be needing crampons and you're going to be climbing on ice and rock and mixed terrain, hiking boots perhaps won't be the right thing. Yeah. You may need to bring one or two pairs. So, yeah, fit and function. Get those two things right and then basically get the best ones you can afford. Nice. Yeah, I hope that's been useful. Um, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, actually, we, we are not here next week, so there will be a replay because we're off um, on leave next week. Um, don't know what we're doing, Dave. Something to do with slopes? No, I don't want to go and get pieced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got an annual skiing trip, so uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun. Yeah. But we'll be back uh, the week after. Um, but uh, as always, anything you need, do reach out to us. Um, especially, I know a lot of people are looking to um, maybe jump on Everest Base Camp. Don't forget, uh, obviously, if, you, if you've got any of the uh, runner-up prizes use that it expires next tuesday um but yeah any questions do reach out and yeah adios as mark says um and yeah we'll see you in a couple of weeks yep cheers easy guys bye, bye.